convention called a blunt. They take flavored tobacco wrappers and they take the tobacco out and put weed in it. And you pass it around a circle and talk about all the people you killed. Wow. You hang in some really cool people I hang with groups. tough crowds. We smoke blunts. We murder people. We run. Doesn't Snoop smoke like 10 blunts a day or something? He doesn't kill anybody. You know. He just hangs out with Willie. Willie. Willie you mean Nelson. Wally? Wally, yes. Wally Snoop, from uh, Snoop Doggy Dog and Wally from uh, Pictures Wally. Wally. Hello and welcome to KinkCast. It is a podcast about alternative sexual lifestyles, kinks, and fetishes uh, in a sex positive light. Although I can't promise that I will be entirely positive today because I do have some complaints. About Are you ever entirely positive? I was very positive on Impact Play. And you, you um, usually have something negative to say. But, well, because you have to, we're not just writing a blank check towards all sexuality. We're being sex positive. That's a Disney movie. Blank check? Blank check. Disney Channel original movie where a kid gets hit on his bike by a gangster and the gangster gives him a blank check. So he writes $1 million. We have no business discussing that. And with that, he buys a mansion and all the things that a billion dollars could get you. I thought it was a million. Yeah. He, he way overspends. There's no way you can get that, like, what he does. He also, there's a weird love story with the uh, him and his Frankie uh, Muniz. lawyer. Oh. Wow. Who's a lawyer lady. Yeah. But he's, like, 13. Uh, I think it's, like, supposed to be his, like, FBI agent. Or it's an FBI agent that's supposed to be, like, investigating him undercover. But, yeah, there's a weird, like, whole love thing going on. No, they do the same thing in uh, Big. There's a love story between a child as a, what's his face? Tom Tom Hanks and uh, a fully grown adult one. You're already getting into one area of this discussion that unfortunately we have to delve into, but we will later. Uh, I feel like we could introduce ourselves for this next hour by playing a little game. Do we really want to play the game that we suggested earlier? I would want to do which Disney character do you relate to the most? But it was also said by Dana. Welcome which, to Relate Cast. <laughs> All we do is <laughs> relate to things. Well, the game that other people wanted to play that I thought was a little bit weird, because I don't like these things leaving my mouth, is which Disney princess you would like to spend an evening with. This or is, character. This is, this is a or safe character. space. We can discuss yeah. our own thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, who would like to go first? Well, do we want an official Disney princess list? Because not every Disney princess is a Disney princess. I'm going with Disney character. Okay. And Disney uh, character. A uh, non-live action Disney character. Okay. So that removes so no, Scarlet, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Wow. We both went to that on the same... <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> Why did that happen? Because uh, she's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> She's a very pretty individual. I'm being misogynist now. <laughs> I guess you and I think the same. <laughs> uh, Dana, why don't you go first? Remember, Scarlet Witch is out. Okay. <laughs> Black Widow, out. No Marvel uh, characters. Okay, well, I have put some thought into this. Just have put some thought into this. And um, especially recently. I think that Milo from Atlantis is pretty fucking hot. Absolutely. Absolutely hot. He's very smart, is very driven. Driven. Goofy. He's goofy. He's got all the things that I look for in a guy. Yeah. And then I found myself watching Wonder Woman the other night. Okay. Couldn't sleep watching Wonder Woman. Chris Pine 
would make a fantastically sexy Milo. Too pretty. I, you know. Milo's got that kind of like, Milo is so incredibly gorgeous, but he's gorgeous because he's not hot, you know? Did anyone, I, wrong? Yeah, did anyone else ever watch uh, Stargate SG-1? They look the exact same. Yeah, the guy who plays the nerdy guy who believes that, you know, Egypt was created by aliens, aliens mm-hmm. is like that same exact type of character. You ever seen Stargate SG-1? No. It's not good. It's it lasted all right. 59 seasons. 59 seasons. I'll continue like to fantasize about Chris Pine as Milo. You know what? And as we're going to learn today, fantasy is very much in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. You can imagine whatever you want. And if you can draw it, you can put it on the internet. Regardless yeah. of what it is. Give it gigantic tits. Well, if we had to say princess, <laughs> if we had to go with a princess, I would definitely go for the Jasmine. I think Jasmine would be more my flavor. She's sassy. She's sassy, and she's already sexy, and she knows it. And yeah. she's very like, Psh, "I'm fuck your rules. I'm going to go over this wall and go explore the city." She's very confident. I like yeah. her a lot. She got those big old eyes. Uh, I think this was a discussion that they actually had on um, Game Over, Greggy, and they all basically were like, "Jasmine, Jasmine's the one." I like Jasmine a lot. As far as the uh, Disney princesses, he's go, too old. Um, when they start the series, he's like in his. Like Chris pulled up a picture of the lead character old. of starting SG One. Him from every season that he's in, and the first season is he looks exactly like Milo from Atlantis. Thank you very much. All right, he gets um, super buff in the later seasons. Gosh, I don't know how to answer such a fuzzy question like this. As far as the actual princesses go, I don't know Pocahontas. I like nature chicks. I've always liked nature chicks. She's, She's just kind of of nature and wise. You know, and you know, you know when when you got to think about these things, you got to think about which ones would like you. Oh yeah, and um, you know, I've always got the feeling that a lot of the you know uppity big gallon ones they would really not like me at all. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't like spend any time with me mm-hmm. um, yeah. until we went on a wondrous adventure <gasps> where I saved the day. Let's not forget about Meg. <laughs> From Hercules. Oh, I thought you meant from the Meg movie. Meg. The Meg. Actually, Jason I grew up having a crush on Meg when I used to watch the Hercules movie, Mm -hmm. because that was the appropriate age for me. And um, she was voiced by, what's her face? Julia Julia Louise Dreyfus, wasn't she? I'm going to tentatively say I think she was. Don't confirm it. We don't need to Google it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've always enjoyed her and everything that she's in. She's just wifey material. As far as all characters in general, outside of Disney princesses, mm-hmm. um, God, I this is not a part of my brain I've really been to. I've never really wrestled with this question on a mm-hmm. long drive. I've never been asked this question. Just to be clear, Meg is not a Disney princess. But... She is a Disney character. Yes. Yeah, so now I'm doing general. Uh, my okay. final answer. Uh, is Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas an option? I grew up liking her a lot. Mm-hmm. I always thought that scene where her hands were like doing alluring shit and her leg came out and did alluring shit, but mm-hmm. she wasn't there because like her limbs could crawl off. I've always really liked chicks whose limbs could come off and crawl around and do their own business. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> I can attack you from every angle. You got to stay loyal. Uh, I, did I say my name? I don't know if I want to attach my name to everything I just said, so I'm going to pass it okay, right along to Chris. Well, my name is Chris, and I would choose Rapunzel. Because she's feisty, but after she got her hair cut, because I like girls with short brown hair. Okay. That's well, deep. What about outside the Disney princessdom? Oh, outside the Disney princessdom, um, uh, Jessica Rabbit. Gross. Oh, good well, choice. She's just drawn that way. Yeah, she's, she's literally like 
I would play uh, patty cake with her all day. So if you haven't guessed it, God, it's the <laughs> joke from the movie. If you, yeah. I, I know. It, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a weird movie. It's a great movie. It is a good movie, but it is a weird movie. Are we uh, that bad? That's fine. We're just being loud. Oh, okay. Anyways, so if you haven't guessed yet, today's topic is a fandom, as we sometimes do, because sometimes an entire person's fetish is just the fantasy surrounding um, a popular form of media, like our second episode, which was Sonic the Hedgehog, which is really one of the biggest like fandoms with a kink. And then we did a My Little Pony episode. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that Disney is just as strongly running as those two. I think it's bigger than both. Maybe it's bigger than both. And while people have been sexualizing Disney for a very long time, I think it was just on another podcast that you don't like me to name, where they were talking about how there was um, 70s uh, bootleg pornography films made mm-hmm. of uh, Minnie Mouse and Betty Boop. Well, earlier than that, even. Betty Boop's not Disney, though. No. Uh, but, I mean, even just... Trying to do research on this topic, googling Disney princess with the word sex comes up with about a hundred Cosmo articles, um, which were all great. I mean, is it like which Disney princess likes which position? Because uh, I think Pocahontas it's Disney like princess. Uh, if they Lingerie. were in Fifty Shades of Grey, uh, ranking the Disney princesses based upon. My own standards that have no, you know, Disney princesses. If they value. were BBWs, I've seen that one before. That was on BuzzFeed. Now that wasn't sexy. I don't think that was on Cosmo. But. No, but that was one on BuzzFeed. It was the yeah. the Disney princesses reimagined as BBWs. Be a uh, big beautiful women, or is it black yeah. beautiful women? Big, 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 big beautiful women. Oh. So it was every single one of the Disney princesses reimagined around the three hundred pound range. Yeah. Which looked um, odd on Pocahontas. I'm on a Pocahontas thing. I think I'm trying to form a loyalty towards her now that I've I've claimed her like John Smith. <laughs> She's she belongs to me. Can't domesticate that land. No. Oh God. Um. But this is goes back as far as Disney does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and if you watch like the 1942, which is some of the research I did this week, is I mm-hmm. watched the old um, World War II cartoons that they're making for our boys overseas, and they had a lot of sexual content. And it was Disney making sexual content. Were these the World War One or World War Two cartoons where like Daffy was a Nazi? Was that the boys overseas you're talking about? There was a few where they had like birds as Adolf Hitler. There was actually a lot, but I don't think Daffy himself was Hitler. But there uh, is one. I think there's some like that that are in existence. But I mean, there have all this has always been a thing. People have always identified sexually with cartoons. I don't think that it was always so serious. I think it used to be a bit more of a gag. And as it is with any pornography based off a cartoon, there is this fine line between this is so ludicrous. It's a joke. It's kind of like an expression of, of being ludicrous for fun's sake. And then there's the genuine sexual satisfaction. Mm-hmm. But this goes back to the seventies and the eighties and the origin of furrydom. This is when people see a picture of like the Disney princesses naked in a sexual situation. I'm sorry. That was my phone. Let me silence it. They always think, wow, the internet will soil anything yeah. way before the internet. I mean, there are famous stories of, uh, dis- I mean, there are stories of Disney animators today that are sneaking in dicks and stuff into Disney films. But there are stories back in like, you know, when Walt Disney was still alive, where uh, the animators would just like behind the scenes animate whole cartoons of like uh, Mickey and Minnie fucking and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it would just be like a private, like, 
we just keep this in in studio. But it's also like spent a lot of fucking time making mm-hmm. you know Mickey and Minnie uh, go 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 at it hard. It's a lot of pencil lead. Um. <laughs> you were so confident in that joke. You reminded me of like a hard nosed reporter. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of pencil lead. Um, Thank you, Dave, for uh, NPR. That's a lot of pencil lead. <laughs> you were saying, Dana? Oh man, um, I was saying that um, one of the original, if I if my Disney trivia is up to snuff. Um, one of the original illustrators, like main illustrators for the Lilo and Stitch movie, like that's mainly what he does is draw like erotic. N- yeah, draw like erotic cartoons. Really? Yeah. Fired James Gunn. <laughs> a whole other subject. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and I, I think it really comes from a from a three point hierarchy, and I don't have any research on this. This is just kind of a guess. But there's a lot of different reasons why people might latch on to sexualizing Disney itself. And the biggest one for me that I see on the internet more than anything else is this kind of, um, we have these weird preconceived notions that sex is bad and that we're tainting something. Mm -hmm. And so Disney has this ring of purity around it. And so there is a, this feels gross to say, there's like a supreme naughtiness to tainting Disney. It's very incarnate of like sex itself, of transitioning from childhood to adulthood, mm-hmm. of seeing Disney in a sexual light because Disney is so incredibly anti-sex, so incredibly distant from that as an idea because Disney set out to be something strictly for children mm-hmm. in the era when that was just something children were not to understand. That's one point. The other point is that Disney kind of represents a perfect life and it represents everything lining up the way it's supposed to be wonder merriment life is beautiful mm-hmm. and for some people they get wrapped up in that philosophy they're a total disney heads they're their own breed of people mm-hmm. they've existed for 50 60 years adults who go to disney world 3 or 4 times a year who own they go to the disney store for christmas and that's it and they defend anything that disney does yes. and- Disney is their lives. And so it would make sense. Not everybody, obviously. I'm not lumping in everybody. Just like there are furries and there are, um, what's the term? Remind me, Dana. Yiffers. Just like there are furries and yiffers, I'm sure there are people who are Disney heads who don't bring Disney into the bedroom. Yeah, I think they're called Disney Disney Aniacs. Disney Aniacs? If I'm not mistaken. And then there's Disney Filiacs. I guess that's what we're calling it, right? Uh, Disney Philia. I had a third guess of where it I came from. The, I think I've forgotten. My, I mean, it seems to me like you're leaving out the most obvious one, which is just like it's stuff that people grew up with. Like, so when you're still watching Disney movies, you're going through like puberty and that kind of thing. And so, you know, it strikes a chord with some people. Yeah. Or uh-huh. it's all, even like. If you if Snow White's your favorite movie and you watched it ever since you were like two and you watch it all the fucking time, then you know you're gonna be watching it when you turn, you know, fourteen. It's it's like me and Greta the Gremlin. Yeah, where you you draw and post pictures of Greta (coughs) in (laughs) horrifying situations. Danny, you were saying I have should have seen her getting her salad tossed the salad cream. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Well, I have thoughts, Um, and I think this goes back to the Sonic the Hedgehog episode. These characters are easy to draw. Um, In a lot of ways, some of them are already highly sexualized. Like if you look at some of these characters, they'll they're built with a 
you know, large bust line, a very small waist and rounded, you know, voluptuous hips. And so like, especially the princesses, like we see a lot of these princesses kind of touted um, as, as, you know, ideal femininity for some of these kids as they're growing up. So it's not surprising to notice things like the ample bosoms that some of these, you know, ladies have. Um, And also very much on the other side of that, very masculinized men. Like these are big men with very large muscles and very small waists. And um, Gaston. Oh yeah. Gaston. Well, I've always been jealous of Tarzan's body. How is that dude so incredibly thin, but also so muscular at the same time? He's built like a fucking tree. Yeah. Oh, Oh, uh, next thing in George of <laughs> the Jungle. Damn, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Uh, well, there's also the whole thing where, like, Disney princesses were the first uh, cartoons that set out with one of their main goals in mind of cat- capturing natural movement. Mm-hmm. So it looks more real. Mm-hmm. Like, they would film dancers doing all the moves mm-hmm. and then just trace over top of the, uh, the those movements and use those for the drawings. And so it looks more like natural movement and it is cartoons Mm -hmm. aimed towards children that look real. People will sit down to watch Snow White these days and they'll think, this is a little bit boring. But when Snow White came out, that was like the fucking, I I, I don't know, that was like the inverse of 9-11. Snow White rocked this fucking country. No one had ever seen anything like that. It was a gorgeous cartoon woman in like 62 brilliant screaming colors. And you could watch it for 10 cents. And China colors. Did it win Best Picture? It won Best Something. I'm pretty sure it probably won a lot. It changed the fucking world. And I have no doubt. It was before Best Animated Picture. Yeah. It wasn't a category yet. And I mean, people, I have no doubt people were watching Snow White and thinking that is a gorgeous broad. Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing I was going to mention, granted, um, like, oh, just granted, Betty Boop does precede Snow White. So right. Well, these sense. are these are characters that are easy to draw, and I, it's kind of like this is the Sonic thing, right? Like they're easy to draw, and therefore people can kind of stylize them the way that they want to. Yeah. And so, as we see in our research for this week's episode, like a lot of artists take you know their own liberties, um, kind of creating. Uh, very over the top, ridiculous and awesome, um, like sexualized images. It feels of like these something characters. out of a dream mm-hmm. a lot of times. So it kind of, it makes you think of that uh, phrase. What's the like a lady in the sh- streets? A, a, uh, a lady, yeah. yeah, that one. Like that. That seems to. Like, That's the Disney princess stuff. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, oh, look, these are like the most feminine, like doing the whole like oh the thing you know just they're the epitome of femininity mm-hmm. yeah at the time and then it's like oh well you know if i just uh throw some big tits on her and mm-hmm. uh, have her like guzzling down gallons of semen uh which is some of the drawings that we've seen we saw a lot of those uh okay. and then it's like see i've got both sides i've got you know the classy lady and then i've got the so we're discussing other- a lot uh, one of the things that I, I mentioned earlier is how there's the, it's the ultimate like naughty feeling is taking something as pure as Disney. I think one of the things we saw a ton of today was Disney princesses with dicks. And that is a huge part of this pornography. And, and I think that that speaks to the, that same idea of it is the ultimate gender swap is I to mean, take a Disney princess and put a dick on it. Have you, have you seen most Disney princess movies? They're always paired up with 
dicks. No, she like has a big old wiener. I know. She's got a big old meaty wiener with a vein running through it, and it's like spraying. A... Thank you, Jesus Christ. Son has a little tiny dick in that picture. <laughs> it's shaped like a mushroom cap. Um, uh, being topical. <laughs> uh, but you saw a lot of that, Dana. Yeah. Did you, and they're usually you paired up with oh, another. Yeah. Princess. Princess. They even have games that you can play. That I guess you tap the screen or whatever, and they change and they go like a slow speed of like thrusting, and then like like I've never clicked on a flash player game for this show. I didn't. I just watched somebody else playing it, and they had recorded it and posted it to Pornhub, and yeah, I was I, like, "Oh, that's interesting." I watched a lot of videos of people playing this game. Yeah, it's they're kind really of fucking hilarious. funny. But like, I would say the the thing I saw the the most of more than anything else was. Elsa has a dick and is fucking Anna from Frozen. That I, was a ton of what we saw. This there's a lot of Elsa impregnation stuff. Yes. Yeah. And there's also inflation stuff. But I want to move away from princesses for a minute, if that's okay. okay. Because we're talking about, like, the Disney... Did you have more to say on princesses? Uh, the most famous example of a Disney princess porn uh, was when, uh, a few months ago, when the YouTube Kids app uh, which is supposed to automatically filter in kid-friendly content, yeah. uh, filtered in a video of uh, Elsa uh, getting fucked by Spider-Man. Oh, really? Yes. But in, in case you didn't know those people on the internet, Elsa and Spider-Man have like a weird, twisted relationship built up of like code and Indian spammers. Did you know this? No, I didn't. This is a huge phenomenon where there are these people... It's accused to be in India, but there's it comes from other places, and it happens in America as well. It, it's really worldwide, but children, parents do not watch what their kids are doing on YouTube, mm-hmm. and so these people will make these 10-minute videos and monetize them, and they'll just get watched by kids. Yeah. So there are all these videos that have 24, 25 million views each, and it's just like Spider-Man and Elsa dolls just like being mashed together. Then someone Which like, is supposedly how that video got filtered in. And then there's tons of, and it's all stuff like kids are curious about. So there's yeah. a lot of like Elsa pees or pants, but it's not, a, it's not a fetish thing. It's just yeah. like kids are curious about pants peeing because when you're three, that's a big deal to you. Right. And well, Elsa and Spider-Man are like the, the, like the, the patron saints of ice? children. And the, See, also, now <laughs> I'm curious too. Like, no, just, just weirdly yellow. And, well, there's also the theory that's like, if a kid is going through puberty, they're going to also seek out something familiar to mm-hmm. them. Especially if it's early onset, which yeah. is a thing that happens in America. Which makes me wonder, did they get paired up because they both shoot things out of themselves? No, they got paired up because they're the two most popular characters. They're the best. Spider-Man character. is the single most popular uh, superhero, and uh, Elsa was, at the time, mm-hmm. the single most popular princess. Wait till there's Frozen 2. But the, the point is that it, it doesn't always have to have Spider-Man and Elsa. Uh-huh. But there are uh, tons and tons of videos that are made for kids that parents are not reviewing. They're being made by people who don't know the standards of American English. Uh-huh. It's all very broken and creepy. One of the ones that's very popular right now is uh, called Johnny Johnny. Johnny Johnny videos are the creepiest fucking thing you'll ever see in your life. We should hmm. watch some soon, please. But moving right back into Disney, um, not everyone who is making pornography of Disney is doing it with Disney princesses. Right. It's easy to jump to that conclusion because they're the, the, the standard of sexuality that's been going on. But as we saw today, it, it, it's not. It does not know gender. It does not know race. It does not know species. It doesn't know sentience. It does not know sentience. There was a ton of Stitch porn, of Stitch, of Lilo and Stitch. 
the tiny blue Boston Terrier monster. Um, <laughs> I, like, I think we watched the wrong movie. I was like, wait, 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 what? there was a fuck ton of. Well, there's a porn, ton of uh, Judy Hop. Uh, yeah, there's a ton of uh, furry type. Porn. Yeah, there was a lot of furry type stuff, but then also there was Ursula. There was a lot of Ursula mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Ursula is also like tentacle stereotype porn. of like a big beautiful woman. It's a BBW where she's got like. The curves in all the right places, and she's she does, and she's bigger, and she knows how to throw her thing around. Not to mention all those tentacles, and she wraps like that one prince up in her tentacle and squeezes him. I want to see what uh, King Triton got up to in that. Did he? Oh shit! Did he? No, we uh, gotta find something like that. Dead because she gave birth to like thirteen daughters. Oh god. Ariel's um, the youngest. Ariel has not been mentioned on today's episode yet, but she's also very popular. There was also some Peter Pan stuff that I thought should probably be illegal. Um, I think fantasy is fine in almost all cases, but um, there were definitely some images you found on Rule 34 that I feel like should be seized by the FBI. Yeah. Well, Peter Pan himself is an immortal demigod. Which is creepy abducts, in itself. Children he still has the body them. of a 13-year-old. Yeah. Uh, there's a theory about that. He's I not abducting children. It's that a lot of kids were dying in London of that time of like squalor and disease. And so whenever he came to their window to take them away, it was because they I were thought dead. the I thought the original play was he was Whoa. literally abducting children and then letting them go when they got too old. Guys, which is the origin of uh, Captain Hook is that supposedly he was originally a lost boy who mm-hmm. uh, escaped before Peter Pan could murder him for being too old. Is that why they sing Nirvana songs? Yeah, that's, that's a deep cut joke. That is we why, don't need to explain that is why, it. That is why someone, someone who listens to that sh- this show got that joke, and I love them for it. Um, <laughs> Watch Pan. Well, that gives away two thousand six, but uh, it lets other people in on the joke. Don't you miss it when things had subtext? Uh, anyways, <laughs> Peter Pan. The story supposedly has subtext. That was written in. That was supposed to be. That was a metaphor. Stories used to be metaphors. Stories are still metaphors. I saw the new Predator movie. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, don't want to talk about that movie. We're leaving. Have we're you leaving. actually? Oh, sorry, sorry. Digressing. Sorry, I forgot what podcast well, I was on. It does on. have no, to do with our topic from last week. I thought that me and Chris had been invited on as guests for um, uh, movie talk. half in the bag. Uh, Let's get right back into Disney characters and how they're not always Disney princesses, and a lot of it is furry stuff, and also um, other anything you can imagine. I saw Eve from Wally. Really? Yes, there was at least one of those. Really? Which is weird because she's uh, a robot. Okay, I mean, I saw a lot of other robots, but she is not a humanoid robot in any form. She's just a. I don't remember. I don't know most Disney movies. It was a, it was another robot character that was getting fucked, but it was a humanoid robot that was getting fucked. I also saw Eve that's just a pill shape and can't really do much fucking. She's got cute eyes. All right. She's, and when she, she was very good to Wally. Ooh, can I change one of my backup? I want Sigourney Weaver, the spaceship as my Disney princess. I want to say that she played the spaceship in, in Wally. I'm not going to dignify that with a response. At any rate, moving. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm like, so Gordon Weaver's a giant spaceship. Right. The one that has like all the fat, fat people. people. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Whatever Jones, does it for you. It's a oh, it's wow. a reference to when I said Sigourney Weaver from any movie was like one of the choices from a previous game. Got it. For our longtime fans. <laughs> the heart of fantasy is high strangeness. And just like Sonic the Hedgehog, people were like trying to comprehend their own bodies by putting those characters into very peculiar situations. There is a lot of gender bending. There's a lot of shape bending. Uh, I did not see a lot of inflation stuff, which usually is ripe with cartoons. I saw some. But a lot of times the inflation stuff is associated with animals. I did not see any of inflation stuff associated with um, the princesses themselves. Well, goobs. I mean, they had gigantic had, inflated yeah. goobs. Oh, I, I think I can remember seeing one of Ariel being like impregnated by like a hundred different babies because she's the half fish person. There's also like a, one of Judy Hopp impregnated with uh, the fox, her lover. I guess. Right. Oh, yeah, that was uh, the chief of police. That was. That's that it. Was that was it. It was fox. like the big yeah, ram. He was coming. Guy. He was coming out of his own dick that was inside of the other thing's dick. And they were coming together mm-hmm. as if it was a dick sleeve that a dick had been shoved into. My favorite image was... Uh, <laughs> that, that, that was an impressive description. No, what, my, my favorite image that will stick with me till the end of time was... Um, was I can't remember his name, but it's Billy Joel from Oliver and Company. Oh, God. Uh, and he's having sex with Bolt from Bolt. Is his name not Oliver? No, Oliver. Oliver's the little cat. Yeah, that's the cat. Oh, it? Okay, I don't. I've never seen that movie. Oliver and um, Company is probably one of my favorite movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't still, know why. I can still seeing a lot of the songs from that because I used to love all the songs. Oliver and Company is well, Billy Joel helped write them. That's yeah. a great movie. Um, I think my favorite picture that we just scrolled through was Phoebus trying to do auto fellatio. Like that was yes. pretty impressive. Like they bent his whole body over to where he's. Uh, you didn't there like the one with the hunchback of Notre Dame and Phoebus in bed together. Was good too. There was the that uh, was one where too. Stitch was sitting on the bed masturbating, except his dick was like another animal. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. That was a weird one. A lot of Stitch. Uh, there was uh, three total Winnie the Pooh ones that I saw, where Winnie the Pooh was a female being fucked by uh, Christopher Robin. Mm. So I feel like we're running off topic here, <laughs> and we're becoming tourists just recounting all the horrifying things we saw this week. Not all of it was horrifying, obviously. That's kink shaming. A lot of a lot of it does make me uneasy, and it is within my right to say that. Well, because it's kind of violating the notions that you had of yes. these characters, um, and, and it's and it's many of the characters are underage. Most Disney yeah. princesses are. Oh yeah, well, and especially. Oh man! Like thinking about Pooh Bear, like that's yeah, that's something that I I don't think so much about like the age of the character as I do the age of the people watching that show. Yeah. Like I'm like no 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 this is like for toddlers. Like we can't we can't sexualize Pooh Bear. Like Pooh Bear is for well, kids of all ages. You know we've uh, yeah, got yeah. Winnie the Pooh right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to drop the p word on this show because it's not a positive word. Not shut up. But um, <laughs> but there is. That immediate, like, Sean Hannity conservative voice in your head that's like, hey, this is fucking evil, which Mm -hmm. it's not. It's just fantasy. People associate with these characters. I really don't think that people who are into Disney fetishization are Mm -hmm. one step away from becoming P-words. I I don't think that that's the the case. But 
there is that strange overlap from an outsider that seems apparent when you see the pictures, particularly the ones of Peter Pan. Those did feel like that was simulated pornography. Mm-hmm. That did there feel were, wrong to me. There were some pictures that were children involved. And that did seem wrong. I mean, Gravity Falls characters, etc. Though they're supposed to be 10, 12-year-olds. But... Yeah, even if we throw out the Disney princesses who are all stylized after fully grown women, even though they're called they're younger certain ages, there were literal children that are stylized after children that were. See, and that's the thing. And we've we've had this moral discussion before, and I've had this moral discussion with other people. Is if you're like really into Adventure Time, and you end up getting a boner for Adventure Time, and you draw a picture of Fiona the human as an adult and it's a sexy picture, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you draw that same picture, but it's stylized to be a 12-year-old, that is wrong. We do not condone that. Yeah, that's not okay. Not in the least. But at the same time, we don't nod our head at the bestiality aspect. of Because there is a lot of that. There's a lot of horses fucking people, Mm -hmm. as well as uh, Stitch fucking things. Yes, Spirit was fucking... Something Eeyore, maybe. Let's talk about the socially acceptable social acceptability of uh, Beauty and the Beast, even in the movie itself, without even being pornographic. Well, that like, got protested to shit. Yeah, the the whichever wacky wackadoo Christian organization, because yeah. there's always been like Disney's always catered to mm-hmm. to church going families, but oh, they've always no, that got protested because uh, they came out with Le, Le Fou as the know. most yeah. recent one, this the original. Yeah, whenever they first released Beauty and the Beast, it was like, oh no, we can't have her fall in love with an animal. Wow. He's he, not a human being. He's, he's a beast. He is a, he's, he was an not. animal. He's a human being that's in the shape of an animal. The original, but we're not even making the argument that he was. <laughs> don't show them Princess and the Frog. I don't think the argument existed because she had been turned into a frog. I'm not even sure we ever even see them kiss. In Princess and the Frog? No, in Beauty and the Beast. In Beauty and the Beast, I think after he's, he's turned human and mm-hmm. it's the dance thing at the end. Yeah, uh, you know everyone's always talking about how those movies give girls fucked up like confidences. They fuck up boys' confidences too. It's oh, rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough to say you've grown up with Disney princes and then like realize your I mean, shoulders will never look like that. The reason mm-hmm. I don't work out is because I know I'll never be as buff as Beast. And also, <laughs> for all the like, people complained, he cheated also, used magic steroids to become a, be- a literal beast. And I'm not trying to downplay like a lot of folks like war on Disney females being an unrealistic standard, because that's definitely true. Oh, yeah. But also like Eric in The Little Mermaid, like, what a fucking stick. He doesn't do anything. She's mm-hmm. so terrible. It's the same situation as like Call Me By Your Name, where it's like, Ariel, you don't need Eric. Eric's not a good guy. He's just a hunk. He's just a dumb fucking hunk. At the end, he does stuff. He murders Ursula. There are a bunch of of feminists that have looked into the comical construction of femininity. Like, that's that's propagated by Disney. So, like, like with Belle, Beauty and the Beast, like, Stockholm Syndrome. Like, you're not in love. It's Stockholm Syndrome. But it was a step (laughs) forward from previous Disney movies where it's like, She's smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what's weird is that you she's have asleep this... and dead. Kiss her, anyways. Yeah. You uh, this twice uh, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> you this saving face thing now, where the female hero has to defeat the villain. 
it, it's been like for so long the male hero had to kill the villain. They did that for so long. Now they've switched where it's not a surprise anymore. Yeah. That's a lot of like weird, fringy, anti-feminist weirdos hate Star Wars now because it's too powerful for women. But it has become a weird cliche now mm-hmm. where we're trying to save face so women always save the day. Mm-hmm. And it, there's nothing wrong with that except the fact that it's predictable. Mm-hmm. That's really the only well, thing that's wrong with it. But I, I want to say that they missed the only one that mattered, which was in Mulan. Because if there was one movie where the chick should have killed the villain, mm-hmm. it was Mulan. And they wouldn't let her have that. What was his name? She did kill like 30,000 Huns. She killed like 30,000 <laughs> Huns. But it was, what was the main villain? Was it Attila the uh, I think it was Mushu. Mushu, Mushu was the killed, dragon. Yeah, Mushu killed the guy, right? Like he was the one he who set off the, rocket, the yeah. rocket. And Mulan couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You, in Hollywood, a woman cannot get shot in the head. A black guy can't kiss a white woman. That is consistent and still no, in movies to this day. It, 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 it's a it's spectacle so when it happens. Anymore. But it, you can't – it does not happen. So it's one of those but, weird persisting things where we are breaking down so many racial barriers. But a black man kissing a white woman is still taboo in Hollywood movie. It's still treated like a spectacle, like it's its own big deal. Uh, and I would say it's in, in a Hollywood movie, unless you're Disney trying to market something to China, it is easier – to show two men kissing that is a black man kissing a white woman. That is the, that is the greatest racial taboo that exists, and it's still very alive in, in Hollywood. It's off point, but I, um, I think we should at least give some credit to uh, before moving on completely from <laughs> the female uh, beating the villain, like the females actually being the protagonist instead of just the females being a plot device, mm-hmm. as the most Disney princess movies. Uh, in that Frozen. There really isn't an antagonist yeah. uh, until at the very end they're like, oh, yeah, Hans is a bad guy. Where it, it is just about like two sisters that, you know, are having issues with each other and then discover that sisterly love is the greatest love. And it's like no matter you say what you want about the movie, it is a good movie. It got way overexposed. <laughs> like it was any Disney yeah, movie. It's ever. hard to find it a shit Disney movie. But it had a actual like fantastic message yeah it really did because it, it like it passed the bechdel test yeah. yeah if this is your first episode where you've heard the term bechdel test that is uh is there any scene in the movie where two women have a discussion and the discussion is not about a man and the two women are not at odds yeah right it's not antagonistic and it has to be 10 seconds or more long wow uh, and I don't think a lot of Disney movies pass that test. I think even uh, the Sex and the City movies fail that test. Really? Yeah. I think the second always... one definitely does. Well, Sex and the City too. Uh, uh, anyways, um, do, does Disney pornography betray its messages? And we're talking right now about how there's this long history of Disney's relationship with womankind, which has been a volatile relationship. It is still changing. And now it's in its own weird catering phase, mm-hmm. which... And I'm I'm lumping in Star Wars now because Star Wars is a Disney property and it's very much a Disney product, yeah. especially the last four films. And there's this weird, like, plastic diversity to a lot of Disney stuff now where people complained that it wasn't enough of it and Disney started to get painted as this, like, ultra-rightist, like, white you – know, it wasn't, obviously. Conservative. But it got yeah. painted as this, like, white-right thing. Mm-hmm. And so now there's this forced diversity that feels fake. And with that, there's also a forced feminist message that at times feels like its heart is in the right place, but it's so forced, it's plastic – 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the issue is that they're still mostly hiring male, white, male, yeah. straight writers. And so it's a white, male, straight writer writing for a lot of these characters. And uh, like Brian Johnson for The Last Jedi mm-hmm. and J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams for uh, the one before that, where it's like, oh, you don't have anyone sitting in on the writer room that actually, you know, experiences and gives that perspective. Because yeah. that's one of the like main movements in Hollywood right now is hiring diversity in the writer's room. Not on camera. Cause, and I guess that's a very, if not, it has nothing to do with Disney pornography whatsoever. But that's the complaint you hear most often is that we're getting more and more diversity on screen, but not enough diversity off screen. Right. And that leads to this very uncomfortableness of... I, I don't know, Mindy Kelling playing a character who was written by a white man. Yeah, well, in an inaccurate depiction as well. Like, um, how can you depict this, you know, particular situation whenever you haven't gotten to experience it? Like, in a lot of in a lot of nuanced kind of ways. Yeah. I'm not sure I explained that like fair. At, at most, you're regurgitating other people's experiences. Right. And I guess it it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. Like there are writers that write amazing pieces of work from perspectives that are not their own. Yeah. And I guess the point that I'm trying to go to is is there's nothing wrong with being a white male writer. There really isn't. But if you're going to be a white male writer and you're being given a sticky note that says, hey, this needs to be more diverse, that is insensitive. Or if you're getting chosen for a position over somebody else who's... Like, I think the issue yeah. is like being a white male writer who gets that sticky note and is like, I can do that. Instead yeah. of being a white male writer that gets that sticky note and being like, I should go talk with people about this. Like, yeah. I need to like do some research. Or doing it's, something heartfelt. Yeah. You know, I was talking with someone just the other day about how um, it's really weird. Some of the ideas we try to jam pack into PG stuff and none of it takes itself seriously. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into the Predator movie that I saw, but <laughs> nothing is sincere anymore. Why would you go see that. I got invited by a friend. Uh, I didn't want to go. It's not a good friend. I I'm, we're still going to get into it. But nothing is sincere anymore. And so every single thing uh, is is very much tongue in cheek. It's very much the villain shows up and the hero has to make a remark that's kind of like Haha, <laughs> he looks like pop culture reference. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't go a minute without a joke. In the Star Wars movie, there's like some like ad-libbed funny lines where it's kind of like, uh-oh, hashtag awkward. Yeah. Nothing can be serious yeah. and have stakes anymore. And at that same rate, like the original Star Wars, Darth Vader commits a genocide. Right. He is a symbol for Nazism. And the new Star Wars, they're trying to be PG, but it's also about like the death of like a rebellion under a Nazi regime. It's very confusing, and sexuality is tied up in that, yeah. in a way. It's and lost its, its depth. Even, I feel like it's very, very superficial. Yes. yes, then they're making jokes constantly. It's like, you are the last 400 survivors of the rebellion, and... 12 at the end of it. Yeah, but at the start of the movie, there's like 400 left, and you go, oh, uh, uh, hold, hold one minute, and then make a your mom joke. Like, everyone's dead. Yeah. But yeah, that's a whole huge issue with film. Like uh, Marvel, that has Try. issues with it, but it kind of fits within their. It's whole for kids. Thing. It's for little kids. Uh, DC has major issues with it because they throw in jokes when they want you to be like dead serious, mm-hmm. and 
But I, I guess that the heart of the matter is that film and television used to be self-serious. And one of the, I think the, the greatest genres we're missing right now is we used to have dramas geared for kids. Yeah. They used to make entire movies. That Fucking we, Watership Down? Yes. Well, was Holy that actually made for crap. kids or was that just animated? I don't know. I think that's just animated. I think that was oh, okay. Kids. I had to watch it in like seventh grade and I was like, what uh, is this? Uh, Stand By Me and My Girl? Oh gosh! I think Stan yeah. was made for uh, adult Bridge audience. Terabithia, or Bridge to Terabithia. That mm-hmm. is a kids' movie where one of the main characters dies. The ki- the giver. Yeah, yeah. But uh, sexuality was wrapped up in that in, in a sense of there used to be underlying themes inside of our media that's mm-hmm. kind of missing. Um, We've gone for the easy jokes now, and it, but that's also because it's trying not to be harmless. Yeah, because a story used to be somebody's perspective, and just like we're sitting here talking about white male writers not doing enough, it used to be that when you told a story, you were telling a part of yourself, or at least your very own opinion on things. One of my favorite movies is The Shining. I go on and on about it, and it is very much Stanley Kubrick's attempt to reconcile with the fact that he, I think, came from Nazi lineage. Mm-hmm. I think. Or at the very least, that other fellow human beings have done that, as well as uh, the United States being built upon the, the Holocaust of the Indians. Yeah. The genocide of the Indians, my apologies. Well, there's also the funny thing that uh, Stephen King wrote that and then didn't realize for like a decade or two that he wrote an autobiographical piece about himself Abusing being an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was never abusive to his wife. But oh, good. letting like alcoholism, like, control his life and he wrote in his autobiography i i am writing this as the guy who did not realize that the shining was about me Mm -hmm. um but but the point is there that it used to be that media was created by one single person with one single vision and it had their ideals expressed within it Mm -hmm. and that's going away and films are becoming more of a factory project and that's why I think some folks have this need of, of taking media and making it their own, mm-hmm. be it for sexuality or for just for fan fiction, is people don't go to a movie anymore and look at what this artist has created and either enjoy it on a service level or dissect it. Because even very simple things have very grand meanings. And people could laugh at me all they want for this. The Brave Little Toaster, that stupid little movie from the 90s, is one of the most meaningful and dark movies ever made. That's it a, is a movie about suicide. A lot of uh, uh, Don Bluth uh, animated movies were humorless. Mm-hmm. Like, they are just dark for dark's sake. And uh, a lot of folks aren't making fetish shit out of that. Uh, Land Before Time, the first one, like, yeah. It's just like shitting all over the characters for most of the movie. But to, to finally land my idea so I can move on from this topic, because I've been trying to wrap my head around this. People used to watch art and dissect it or enjoy it. And it used to have these grand meanings. And it was about the artist sometimes. But there's also this new way of consuming art that art belongs to the people, which I disagree with, which is why I think when an artist does something bad, that art is banned, which that should never be the case. I I don't care if it's Charles Manson's music. Art is free from its artist. And it's supposed to be viewed and enjoyed, not taken in. And, and become something else. And people have this weird ownership of art that it's theirs to do stuff with. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that fan fiction is wrong. I'm not saying that sexualizing these characters is wrong. But it's taking a certain amount of ownership that people 
didn't necessarily a long time ago. I actually don't know what point I'm trying to land. Someone take the mic off. You I sound a like- lot like Owen Wilson from uh, Midnight in Paris. I'll I, take it. Well, Where you just are like looking back and being like, everything was different and better back then. And people had different values back then. And then you go experience back then. It's like, oh, everyone right now is living, looking back, going, everyone back then was different. Everyone was like actually passionate and working towards these values. It's like, no, everyone's always had the same values. Mm-hmm. Fair. Movies don't suck now. There's just two good movies a year and it's been that way since 1940. It's more than that. They're just <laughs> get small releases. Yeah. I can right. name like four good movies for <laughs> you number. I can name at least four that came out this year, uh, including eighth grade. Eighth grade was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, filthy. Is it filthy rich Asians? What about I mean, it? It's all right. No, but like that, that has definitely a huge message, both within the film itself and then also w- within the creation of the film mm-hmm. and the casting of the film so, and the uh, writing of the film full, and everything. Yeah, fully Asian so, yeah. cast and crew. I but we're, we're way digressing from Disney, um, which was kind of like, I think, what we were trying to get at. But I think that this unlocked some really interesting thoughts about like the way that we kind of do I think you I think you articulated that well we kind of not only do we go see a movie but we kind of make it our own and it becomes a part of our own experience like uh, I relate to this particular character and I'm taking that home with me and I'm going to think about that character as you know uh, an ideal for myself and also like maybe mirror some of their mannerisms and things like that like the sexuality like we were talking about like you know different movements and things like that that um some of these characters make or maybe as we grow older you know from from adolescence into puberty maybe that's something that we think about um i know i did i mean like that's i mean i thought i was supposed to wear clothes that draped and showed my boobs well, you know, the like, ultimate goal for a I'm... woman is to become Cinderella. Right. Yeah. A giant gown and yeah. a big wedding. And... Yeah. Yeah. And so, and like, that's, that was what I was taught. That's what Disney's movies taught me. So it's interesting to see the way that not only do they sexualize the characters in the movies, but that kind of teaches us about ourselves because yeah. they do. They're, they're reflections of our, of our ideals, of our, you know, fantasies, right? Well, Disney is a colossal part of Americana. Right. And you could even make an argument that it borders on being religious iconography. Mm-hmm. There, there's a thought experiment when trying to talk about um, if you are against the church and you're atheistic, there's nothing wrong with the idea of being Christian. It's just kind of like some people out there really like Spider-Man. They were really inspired by Spider-Man and what Spider-Man represents. And to them, Spider-Man kind of is a religious figure. Mm-hmm. God knows that, uh, you know, superheroes have never used Christian iconography. No, not even once. Not They're a single saviors. time. They have They're never, saviors. ever done the T-pose. It's not like every single Spider-Man has that one scene where he's trying to hold two things together. And <laughs> yeah. He's making a giant crucifix. And, or when In the he's... process of saving someone, right? <laughs> and then when he's carried upon the backs of everyone... While having his arms spread out. <laughs> but you could uh, you could make the argument that, like, Disney is almost this extension of, like, Judeo-Christian values. And, like, it's this weird third arm of the church. But we live in this time now where that's kind of being broken off, too. Because there's this new embrace of liberal ideals within Disney. And it's causing this, this big headache in our own media. Mm-hmm. As we're experiencing that same headache on a geopolitical field of two radically different ideas are finally becoming giant kaijus and their battlefield is this entire country mm-hmm. um it's interesting to see the way that popular culture is reflecting a change a cultural shift 
um, in, in ideals and values. Yes. And I think for the better. I think so too. Um, but I don't want to get into politics. Yeah, I think no. that you can, it's interesting to trace Disney by its controversies yeah. because they're one of those companies that do not like to address their controversy. But if you watch what's getting protested and right now you have this giant movement of white, what are they called? I, you know, I don't want to call them Nazis cause you're not supposed to be, call people, whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. Men's rights, all right people, whatever. They're very anti Star oh, Wars right now. And yeah, they're morons. But they don't understand that Star Wars is just not good. Mm-hmm. But they're misunderstood. They think it's not good because feminism. Right. Um, and so right now, Disney is losing all of this conservative money. But at the same time, they're getting pressure to make Elsa gay. And they're thinking about doing it. But they can't port movies over to China if it has homosexual, homosexual tones in it. And American movies make more money in China than they do in the US right now. Well, and that's, wow. that feeds into the whole concept that once an artist releases their art to the public, it doesn't belong to them anymore. Yes. So, like, people will see and read into Elsa being gay, and then they'll try to pressure Disney into being like, okay, well, you guys should just out her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, an artist should not feel pressured by their fan base to, to do doing something. what the fan base wants, because that might not be for the good of the art. Mm-hmm. Fans don't know what they want. Fans think they know what they want, and they what they really want is the artist to keep making more art because mm-hmm. they have a personal relationship with it. Yeah. And some yeah. folks who might be, who might be emotionally stunted, but who are not in all cases, mm-hmm. they have a connection with this art that might be stronger than they have with most people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there very well could be someone out there who their sexual identification with the, the character Stitch or Lilo and Stitch is a more profound and deep relationship than they've ever had with another human being. Um, what an odd thing to say. Well, but it, I feel like they're, it's, it's probably true. But, but Disney goes true. deeper, you know, right now there's this, there's a lot of stuff around my little pony. There's a lot of stuff around Steven universe. There's a lot of stuff around Sonic the Hedgehog, these mm-hmm. kind of cartoon franchises that suck up a lot of sexuality. But Disney has bigger overtones and undertones. It's something that is a ghost that goes over our entire country's history and every aspect of it. Uh, I always say that when aliens come to our planet and they're going through our garbage piles to try and determine what we were, they will think that Star Wars and Disney were religions. Yeah. Because they have much more recognizable iconography. Yes. And I would say that the Disney stuff has more has greater iconography than most capitalist uh, icons like McDonald's mm-hmm. or uh, Pepsi or Coke. And the other thing about Disney princesses being sexualized is essentially mainstream. It's done. It's already done. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just, they're just taking off the clothes, but those characters, Ariel was the one they got in the most trouble for. Mm-hmm. The 17 year old prancing around. She's not wearing anything except for shells because mm-hmm. that character does not have pants. Right. But yeah. And like, it's, that's what separates it from these other ones that get so much attention drawn to them. Is that it's like okay? People are looking at My Little Pony. People are looking. They're all they're all looking at cartoon characters. They're bringing sexuality to it. Yeah, Disney already has sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And That's you, a good point. Even simply drawn characters like uh, Mike Wazowski's girlfriend. I don't think she was simply yeah. drawn. Highly sexual dude. Three eyes. Have you ever? Have you ever? She's shaped like a giant vagina. Oh, that's one with the hair with the snakes, snakes in her hair. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So yeah, so we we saw a picture of her sucking Randall's dick. That's it. 
which was an interesting picture indeed because Randall wasn't visible. Should we totally talk about some of the products that are out there? I want to. Yeah, I know it's time to wrap up. I feel like we just scratched the surface on like a really big idea. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff to unpack, but I I guess there really is nothing more to say. It would be something – I think you could write a whole book on this. Uh, Yeah, and And there has been. There has been. There's one that's called The Disney Fetish. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Who wrote it? Uh, let me find it. Was it by a doctor? I feel like uh, we should have read it. that book. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I definitely just showed up, watched five minutes of Rule 34, and <laughs> just tried to use big words. It's by Sean Har- uh, Harrington. Sean Harrington. Um, and it's, it's really not that long. Um, I read a brief analysis of it in one review. Um, and it basically just says... Uh, Disney franchises face increasing criticism over its gendered representations of children in film, its serial, stereotypical representations of race and non-white cultures, and its emphasis on the heterosexual couple. Um, but it goes into a lot of different sexualities that are represented in the Disney uh, universe. Yes, and there are a lot of academic articles that are written about uh, Disney princesses and uh, the sexualization thereof. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, before we move on real quick to product corner, Oh yeah, sorry. I know I told you guys already, but rule 34 alone has 39,812 illustrations tagged Disney. Wow. You know who's cute? It was a uh, Goofy's girlfriend. No, no, Goof- Max's girlfriend. And yeah, Goofy doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, but, uh, a dead wife. Yeah, but before his wife was fucking the milkman and what is easily the funniest gif on the internet right now. Have you seen that gif? No. It's Goofy's doing chores and the milkman comes in and the milkman's not paying attention because he's listening to a song and so he kisses Goofy on the lips and strolls out the door. And so it's implied that his wife's been <laughs> fucking the milkman. And then there's just this slow zoom on Goofy's face. And it's such a great adult joke that it had snuck in. It's told over the course of five seconds. And it's it's as good as any gag, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. The look on his face is so, is shock and betrayal. It's horrifying. And he went ahead and raised Max, even though he knew it wasn't his own son. What a good guy. <laughs> well, he doesn't know when the affair started. Goofy's All right. such a great dude. Uh, what are some Disney products you have for us, Dana? Who's oh, making money? First, first things first, I want to ask you guys. I found a FetLife group called Disney and Kinky. How, How many, many members do you think there is? I want to say it's probably huge. I want to say that uh, I think we figured that a pretty big FetLife community would be in the 500s. I want to say it's probably around 550. Chris? Well, I was going to go with 500 as well. <laughs> so I'm going to go with 1,000. Ooh, both of y'all are low. There are 3,535 members of Disney and Kinky. That's the biggest group we've ever had. So the way I play this game is I think of a number and I'm like, that number's too big. I need to remove a uh, A zero. zero." Because I I was like, 50,000, way too big. (laughs) 10,000, way too big. There's also another one that's literally Disney equals and then like the heart emoji. And it says it's for the pervy Disney lovers out there. Um... So, safe and non-threatening place to act like a kid at heart. Um, this is kind of an interesting group. How many members do you think is in this one? Disney equals heart? Yeah. I feel like that's like a weird offshoot that like is the, the discount brand. So, I'm going to guess like 120. 
400. 527. Still big. Still pretty big. Still big. There's a couple more groups. There's also Disney World Kinksters, um, which has 328 members. Is that fucking in Disney World? Um... I, don't know. I bet that Disney is World looking is to try to f- set a, a visit Disney with other with other Kingsters. So I don't know. There is Scientology. There is the People's Temple. There's being a Trump supporter, and there's being a Disney World person. Yeah, those are just their impenetrable <laughs> weird cultures. Not that they're all the same. Not that they're all the same. There might be some overlap. Maybe someone's in all four. All right. One other thing I did want to mention before we got into um, this is um, a specific resource for people looking for other people that are into Disney. Oh, the Disney fucking friend site. No, it's called mousemingle.com. It's a dating site for Disney fans. Yeah, are the they necessarily thing. pervy? Not necessarily, but it you might get lucky. Um, okay, some of the and products... That one, you uh, have to... When you sign up, you, you have to say which Disney princess you are and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And why. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, first thing in today's... I'm LeFou kinky <laughs> in the kinky Disney shopping cart um, I found this really awesome uh, penis warmer that is knitted to look like the beast uh, oh it's did, upside down they did not do they did a good job mm-hmm. they they did a really good job <laughs> don't shame them I'm not shaming them they did a very good job it's upside down uh, and which looks is pretty like awesome. a, it looks like Fozzie Bear I'm not 100% sure if this is a real item um, Elsa's vibrating icicle. That's not. I mean, um, I, I'm pretty sure that's. Uh, I mean, it says Disney Frozen, so it looks like a bootleg Chinese. Product. I'm sure? pretty sure it's fake. But I think they do sell that at Disney World. I want to believe it's real. It'll give you lead poisoning. Um, also, since Disney now owns Marvel, we have all kinds of really awesome yep. Marvel themed sex su- toys. A lot of superhero sex um, toys, including uh, Iron Man butt plugs. Yeah. Um, there's the Thanos fist. Yeah, the Thanos fist. Uh, uh, Thor's hammer as a dildo. Yeah, it's uh, kind of funny. The the Hulk, the Hulk's just giant. It's, cock. The, it's the Great American Challenge. What is green. what is that black thing? This one, Scarlet. Oh, I got it's, that. Uh, no, sorry, it's Black Widow. Uh, what's the guy with the Archer? That's Archer. Oh, oh no one Hawkeye? cares. Oh, Why yeah. is it not purple? Hawkeye. I don't know. This color's purple. And then they had a fle- uh, a dick sleeve flashlight, whatever you want to call it. A vibrating one it has buttons. No. Ooh. Oh, and then a uh, Captain America butt plug to go along with the uh, Civil yeah. War. Um, also, we have um, a oh, flogger. A, yeah, a lightsaber flogger. Yeah, cute. which I frankly think is really adorable. I think it's really cute. Um, I mean, Sexy so. Star Wars is an upcoming. You have to make yeah. noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, butt plugs that are, uh, say, uh Daddy's little princess. No, gross. No, gross. I okay. bear, we I try to be as open minded as possible on the show. The word daddy is not daddy allowed. Daddy Dom. Don't I don't allow the word yeah, daddy in any circumstance. Daddy Dom. I don't like the word daddy. It makes oh. me uncomfortable. Daddy. Okay. Uh, daddy. Daddy. We also have daddy some Trump. nipple clamps that have the um chip, little chip chipmunks what? on them. I don't know. Little chipmunks from like oh, Snow White. Oh, yeah, yeah, those okay, yeah. yeah. I was thinking Rescue Rangers. I was like, they don't. They had Huey, Dewey, and Louie, too. Gross. And the Huey, Dewey, and Louie were for boobs and other places that you might use. The milk, milk, and lemonade, and then the fudge. Yeah, there you go. Um, There's also the Mickey Mouse. um, It's a dick warmer. Dick warmer, which is 
really kind of it's a very clean shaven individual. mannequin yeah. it's mannequin. a mannequin <laughs> oh um uh, i really like this one it's a thong and it has a picture of the genie's lamp and it says keep rubbing you might just get your wish i remember when uh robin williams said those words yeah um, we also have lots of Disney-inspired thongs in lingerie. There's an entire line of lingerie um, that's Come here, baby. You wearing your Pluto like panties? Princess-inspired. Uh, the ones I'm oh, that's at. Belle. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there was a Mickey one. Yeah, there was a Mickey. There was a Mickey one, and then there was a yellow lacy one. <laughs> there was a Mickey one, and the director below there's a yellow one. It's like, oh, Mickey and Pluto, I guess. <laughs> there's another thong I found that said "To Infinity and Beyond," and it has Buzz Lightyear on it. People sexually identify with Buzz Lightyear. Apparently, somebody does. Um, um, and then I thought these were pretty impressive. Um, for only forty dollars on Etsy, you can find Maleficent hand painted glitter nipple pasties. Oh, Maleficent! Angelina Jolie played her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll be playing her again. And of course, some classic nipple pasties that are um, Minnie Mouse or Mickey Mouse. Well, really, either. Or. I guess Minnie has a bow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's what I have was in there, the kinky shopping cart. I, I, w- I would have placed money on there being a uh, a beast dildo from uh, Bad Dragon on there. Ah, uh, you know what? Oh, I wasn't yeah. able to find anything that was specifically a Disney. Well, yeah, they it would be like large beast penis. Yeah, like. they'd have to yeah use the the non copyright term. Yeah. of. Man living in castle turned into giant monster keeps a librarian. No, they, yeah. they, they'd use beastly. You put, you put an L-Y on that, all of a sudden it's something else. There you go. There you um, go. So let's move right on to the FDI. I think that, I don't think we even really need to break down to this one. I, I think there's really just like one condition, mm-hmm. and that's pretty simple. There's nothing wrong with any like fandom fantasy. It's hard to even put a warning on that. I don't stand by the idea that if you like My Little Pony, it means you're going to go fuck a real horse. That's bullshit and hurtful thinking if you jack off to cartoons of adventure time i don't think you're gonna go and hurt hurt a real kid the only thing i think is not okay is um is simulated images where the character is designed as a child i i do think that that's wrong i think that that's fucked up and i think that is just that's an area that no one needs to be training their mind to go to that place and if their mind does go to that place if they're not sexual, if they're not sexualizing the idea or the design of those characters, and they're sexualizing and highlighting the fact that they're children, they should seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really it. It's just kind of it's one unless yeah they're preying on that part of at that aspect of it. I say get kinky with it. I mean, Disney sexy time could be really fun. Disney I don't know. rules our society. Yeah. Check out Pornhub. Oh my gosh, there's so many different things out there. Like if Disney is really your bag, this I mean, it's there's... all Elsa roleplay. Really, <laughs> Quite a bit. That's all yeah. it is. Oh, there's. I'm sure there's Who? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, there's probably some Beauty and the Beast. I mean, Belle, yeah. Belle is yeah. pretty. Yeah. That new I mean, record changed my answer to Belle. <laughs> I don't like Belle. You've changed Belle? it like twice. I don't like Belle. Why not? She's on my nerves. Too smart for you. Um, you know what? I think she's full of shit. She acts super bookish and like super like, but I, I don't think that she can back it up. I think that, that that's the identity that she adopts. But she's, it's just like Ariel. Ariel acts like she's a total rebel, but really she just wants to fall in line and just like trade in her dad for a husband. And Belle wants to act like she's the super intellectual lady. When really she's, she's not into that. She just feels that way because she's pretentious. Pocahontas is legit. What, would, what makes you even, 
I don't know. Sometimes they just What from the live action or the original movie makes you think that? When, uh... That that point where she puts down the... Or she gets introduced to his library and she goes, meh. Or, or, oh no, wait, that she, she was like, this is the best thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm going to go fuck myself with these books. I have no further comment at this time. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't have to argue that one because I really like Belle. All she wanted to do was be a book nerd. Yeah, I just want to read books. Leave me the hell alone. And no, I'm just stuck in this town, and the only cool thing to do here is read some cool books. And there's this guy that keeps hitting on me, and I'd rather read my book. Thank you very much. And she was the only one who was like, I don't want to hang out with Gaston because he's just a meathead. Yeah, let those other three dingbat women like that fawn all over him have him. I mean, these girls are much better. Mm -hmm. Anyways. I don't think there's much more to say. Well, there's a lot more I could say, but I've already... We could write a tone, but I think this is good. Name? Yeah, it was like Prince Garley Park or whatever. It's not Prince Prince Eric, which one's he? That's Ariel and okay. Prince Eric. Yeah, Little Mermaid. Prince Charming is uh, Sleeping, Sleeping Beauty. Beauty. Who's the one from Aurora's? Uh, Merdina didn't even get a mention in today's episode. Merida. Mer- Martina, I've never seen Brave, but Martina is my favorite character. Merida, uh, Merida also doesn't have a uh, prince. There, she's the only she's the only official Disney princess that does not have a love interest. And she was designed not to look like Disney princesses. So when they inducted her into the Disney like official princess list, they gave her a big like makeover, and a bunch of people were upset by it. Funny mm-hmm. thing is, she's one of the eleven Disney princesses. Elsa and Anna, not. I taught you that on that weird episode we did. They aren't? Fiction. No, they aren't uh, Disney I have princesses? the list of the official 11 Disney princesses. Uh, it is Trivia. Snow White, Aurora, Cinderella, Rapunzel, Ariel, Pocahontas, Jasmine, Belle, Merida. Uh, Fuck me, I didn't see Brave. All right? Tiana and uh, Mulan. I'm blown away. And apparently they have actual like criteria for what makes a Disney princess. Yeah. And it is not singing, because some of them don't sing. Uh, it is a dress and a quirky animal sidekick. And that's the two criteria. Those are the ones that kicked out Anna, Anna and Elsa. A snowman doesn't count. Yes, not a quirky animal sidekick. Wow. Uh, what's, a, uh, what's the uh, newest uh, one? Um, Kim Possible? No, uh, it's, 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 a, it's the Hawaiian one. Oh, Moana. Or the Polynesian one. Moana is not... Because she does not wear a dress. Like but not she an even, dress. Oh my gosh, the guy who voiced um, um, Maui even said, "Oh, like you're basically a princess because yeah. you have." A he, she, he's sidekick. like, you sing yeah. and you have a quirky animal sidekick. She's <sighs> not an official Disney princess because of the because dress. Because she does not have a dress. Wow, that's ridiculous, and I really hate those standards. And I think that some but Disney princess should challenge that. Uh, one would hope. Um, Anna and Elsa. Yeah. All of those characters that we mentioned are in the princess room in the trailer for Wreck It Ralph 2. Which, yeah. really, that one scene is what is the only one cares about. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I'm I only going to go see it. I've never even seen the first Wreck It Ralph, and I'll go see that well, one just because I'm curious what's going on. It's an amazing movie. Which, I'm all sure I learned I from that is now every Disney princess movie is just going to be all the Disney princesses. <gasps> Probably like robbing a bank or something. 
I don't know. Ocean's Eight. Doing something awesome. It's not. Okay. (laughs) Wait, was that what Ocean's Eight was about? Oh my gosh. And guess what next week is? It's not Sandra Bullock. It's, uh, is it people cutting off their own dicks? No. Is it people eating shit? No. Is it people like murdering animals or something? No. (laughs) What? I don't know. Sometimes. Could be somebody's king. (laughs) Our next episode is Sex Demons, Incubi, and Succubi. Fuck yes. Uh, Oh, that's so cool. It's going to be awesome. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Fucking metal. Oh, if you want to reach us, call us, beep us. Yes, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, talk with us on the show, uh, or not on the show, but if you want to communicate with us, we are uh, kinkcastpodcast at gmail.com and at kinkcastpodcast on Twitter. Uh, Send us any messages. We love hearing from you guys. And uh, also let a friend know about the show. Uh, If someone you know really loves Disney, send them this episode. Thank you. I love you. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye.